Hello and welcome to an unexpected podcast. My name is Tim. With me as always, we have Matt, Mick, and Rainier. Unfortunately, Devin couldn't be with us this week. On this week's episode, due to Halloween being up around the corner, we're deciding we're going to go over an Angmar list, be all spooky and whatnot. Uh, and then we're going to go over a list by Chris Winnick. So we'll actually go over the list first. So I'll move that over to Rainier. So Rainier, what was this week's list? All right, for this week, we're, um, we decided to choose a Gondor list just because of our last episode. We talked a lot of, about Gondor and want to see what our viewers um, came up with. This comes from Chris Winnick. Um, he says, I've been watching, I've been waiting for this episode. Here's a list I, I hope to take to a tournament once they are running again. So it's 800 points. He gives us the point, points, 34 warriors and six bows. Um, his first warband is Boromir, captain of with of the White Tower on horse with the banner of Minas Tirith. He's leading two knights of Minas Tirith with shield and three uh, uh, Minas Tirith warriors with shield. Um, the next warband is Denethor. He's leading six guards of the Fountain Court, eight warriors of Minas Tirith with shield, and two warriors of Minas Tirith with shield and spear. The third warband, and this is actually an interesting makeup, is going to be Gandalf the White, on shadow facts leading two knights with shield uh six rangers of gondor um it's not specified so i assume they do not have spears and five warriors of minister earth with a shield um yeah so that's what we got here um right off the bat going back to what he said it's 34 warriors from the looks of it it's gonna be nine might and um four five six mounted models with the heroes so yeah i think it's pretty cool um I, th I think it's pretty cool. You have a, have a good balance of um, knights um, distributed through the through the war bands, which which I like a lot. Um, Denethor is an interesting take, which I assume you brought him um, to bulk up your your troops because Gandalf and Boromir are going to be huge point sinks. Um, that brings you up to thirty four models or 34 warriors so thirty seven models with two mega heroes. So that's pretty good. I like the idea for some reason. I don't know about theme but i like the idea of gandalf the white supporting boromir um with his magic and kind of covering for him along with gandalf having the ability which we talked about in the last episode to do quite a lot in combat as well as a supporting hero um do you guys know if denethor has to be the leader for this one he does. yes yes he because because yeah. there's okay. no aragorn in the list yeah, so of course you know right off the bat that's going to hurt you in some scenarios, but I like it to be honest because it means you can go ham with uh, Gandalf and Boromir and not worry about them getting wounded and losing those points. But yeah, I like it. Um, I'm not going to say too much, but just real quick, I would make sure your Guard of the Fountain Court have shields and your Rangers of Gondors have spear um, just for the G Rangers of Gondor having that supporting supporting role that we talked about last episode but i'm not going to get too much into it because i want to hear what you guys have to say so i've i've run a list like this with with boromir and gandalf um and i think it does actually work well because gandalf can you know fortify boromir's spirit and make him make him to the point where you really you can't ignore him there's no real way to shut him down you have to engage him and try and kill him and that's not easy to do um, let me throw off a, th a few thoughts here. Uh, there, is, there is an issue with this list in that it does not have March. Uh, Boromir, Captain of the White Tower, does not actually have March, unlike Boromir from the Fellowship, who does have March. 
Um, so March isn't in the list. Denethor, I'm a little leery about. Um, and that's for a couple of reasons. First, you don't have here and here to soak off the, the point for um, uh, getting him killed in victory points. And you end up spending 35 points. As a result, you end up spending 35 points on a guy that you have to be very careful of actually engaging with because he's quite likely to die. Um, I would suggest to see if you can find 20 points in this list or 30 points in this list to upgrade Denethor to either um, uh, Madril for 55 points or Iralas for 65 points. Uh, Madril, so the advantage of Madril is that he gives you um, the special rule that allows all these guys to deploy together or at least are significantly more likely to deploy together. And I think this is a list that you want to deploy together if at all possible. So that Gandalf can kind of hide behind the lines um, uh, that Boromir is going to bolster and uh, slam guys together. Um, and the advantage of Iralas is that, you know, he's kind of the better fighter and he gives you the tank. I think you could probably get away with um, Madril in this list. And to do that, I'd maybe take out one of the knights and maybe one of the guard of the fountain court, which would probably give you a few extra points to give some spears to some guys. Uh, and I don't think you're going to have a problem with, with slots. I mean, Madril's warband will be smaller, but you have plenty of slots in Boromir's warband to fill up. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. And one other thing you could think about if you if you do that is to, I, I think the way I would do this is I would kind of bulk up Boromir's warband so that most of your fighting power is there. I would put um, your Rangers and some additional guys to cover them, uh, some warriors of Minas Tirith to cover them in, uh, you know, Madril's warband or your Alas's warband, however you want to do it. And then maybe take the remaining knights and put them in Gandalf the White's warband so that you end up with this kind of mobile warband that can kind of act as your reserve, go where it needs to, to go. If it gets deployed someplace uh, odd, it has the movement to get where it needs to get. Um, and that might, that might uh, help organizationally. So I guess those are the two big thoughts. One is put another, uh, put another hero in that uh, will give you March three more might points uh, and then kind of reorganize a bit so that uh, Boromir has a nice bulky warband that he can uh, uh, energize with his uh, banner near him. Yeah, can I can I just real quick piggyback on what Matt said? There's actually a player that did exactly, and I thought this list looked familiar somewhere, but um, Alisher from the Pennsylvania group does the exact same thing. He has. Boromir with the, with with that bulked out war ban, Gandalf with a bulked out war ban, and Madril with a smaller war ban, and he's had quite a lot of success with it, um, using all of Matt's tips actually at tournaments in the U.S. Yeah, I think this list is pretty cool. Um, uh, there's a, there's a slight mistake here. Denethor has sixteen warriors in his war band, so uh, he can't have that many. Um, so it's uh, some uh, some need to go to the other war bonds, but. Generally, I think um, you actually have 37 models, 
which isn't too bad for 800 points. I, uh, I would like to have more, but that's, a, that's still okay. I think in general, yeah, I fully agree with, with, with Denethor not really having a space here. Um, even if you were to just drop Denethor and uh, uh, you would then have 30 slots between Boromir and Gandalf. So you could, you could either then, let's say, drop two or three models to upgrade to Madril. Or if you didn't want to go that route, then you could potentially swap something like Denethor and four, well, Denethor and like five guys for someone like Huron, maybe. Because uh, then you would end up with another bigger hero. You would drop your model count to, let's say, 30, 31-ish or something like that. But you would have another big hitter, in a way, uh, who can be supported by Gandalf's fortified spirit. Um, yeah, uh, otherwise, maybe drop Denethor and uh, just make your force more elite. So let's say add those spears, add, uh, add those shields to, to pounding court guards. Maybe just add more pounding cards instead of Warriors Minister. So there's uh, there's a few different ways to, 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 to go with it if you want to have Vormir and Gandalf. Um, but ultimately, I think I wouldn't necessarily go with both Vormir and Gandalf because at 800 points, that's already almost 500 that you're spending on just two characters. So yeah, it just really depends of if you if you do want to have Vormir and Gandalf, then there, 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 are, there are a few options which guys have already mentioned. And um, if you do, if you would rather not have Gandalf, then obviously there is a ton of other things you can do. Like uh, you can just add more warriors. You can even throw in a trebuchet. You can even um, bump up just your numbers, add Madril, um, make it more of a classic Gondor list with like 45, 50 models or something like that. So yeah, but if if you if you do want Bormir and Gandalf, then yeah, I think pretty much, pretty much whatever the other guys have said all makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I will say that Gandalf and Boromir actually synergize really well. Because um, yeah, yeah. Gandalf makes Boromir really hard to take down. And the fact that Boromir is such an uber threat running around um, tends to mean that magic... And every, every you know the, the tricks tend to focus on him to try desperately to stop him. And that leaves Gandalf the White some uh, room to play tricks of his own. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, I mean, I wouldn't discourage trying this particular combination out. I think this combination works. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really cool, and it works spe specifically dangerous within like a like a ten inch range of each other. Like like you said, they synergize really well. They protect each other. Um, you're going to want to throw in your heavy hitters up against Gandalf to just stop his magic. But if Boromir's in the same neighborhood, it's going to kind of freak you and he, Boromir can rip through anything else. I think the synergy even works better too if you, like we've all said, get rid of Denethor for Madriel or someone with three might because then you're not having to blow. Uh, we talked about in our previous episode with Aragorn and even Boromir. You're not going to have to blow their might on Heroic March or excuse me, not Heroic March, on Heroic Moves and the likes like that, you can use it with um, the cheap, the cheap might basically, and save theirs for when you really need it to kill something in a heroic combat. You're also less likely to need to blow their might to get them to come on near each other, because I mean yeah, that is one so problem true. with this list is, you know, when when Boromir and um, Gandalf the White have to start separately, um, which is because because. 
both of them are kind of vulnerable on their own in a way that both of them together are not. So, you know, anything yeah. you can do to avoid that outcome is good. It, e- it even, it even makes the, your leader a heck of a lot tougher to kill or even wound. Cause then you could choose what I think Gandalf and Boromir are heroes of Valor, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So then, then it, you could either have Boromir who is an absolute beast, um, add a shield to him or something and he's defense seven absolute beast with the gandalf's protection of magic on him or you can have gandalf who has three fate um heck his horse even has fate uh, shadow facts um to kind of be on your back lines and not get wounded whilst also you come contest the champions gandalf can still get some kills to win you that scenario so it's yeah yeah something else to think about here and i suppose this is just this is, this is a bit of a tangent, but it's relevant here, is you know, there's one of the new scenarios in the match play guide that's divide and conquer, where you basically, you alternate placing warbands on opposite corners of the board, and your opponent does the same thing. And when you have a three warband army, as you often do, that means that you end up with two warbands in one corner and one warband in another. And you really kind of want to think through that scenario and how you do it. Um, and the, you know, the way this is currently organized, you're in a bit of a dilemma because what you really want to do is put Gandalf and Boromir together, but that leaves Denethor, who's your, your army general, off by his lonesome with no might, where he's probably going to get run over. Um, whereas if you have something like Madril in this list, uh, you put Gandalf and Boromir together and that's your, you know, your, kinda, your big power side. And then Madril just kind of sits there surrounded by a bunch of warriors of Minas Tirith with some rangers to shoot out of it and says, all right, come and expend effort to kill me. Um, and by the time you've sent enough guys to come after me and kill me, Boromir and Gandalf will have occupied the objectives and destroyed the rest of your army. Um, so that's you know, just, just something to keep in mind. It, it's something that I've had to start thinking about when I've started writing lists under the, the new match play guide is, you know, how would this perform and divide and conquer and what is my order of deployment? And, you know, who do I want that who do I want my two warbands in one corner to be, and who do I want my one to be? There's one more idea I just had. So, uh, Boromir, Captain of White Tower with Banner. Um, generally, you kind of want the Banner to affect as many warriors as you can. Um, and to me, this seems like this 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 army doesn't really have enough uh, of the warriors to to uh, to affect in a way. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering what would you guys say if, let's say, Boromir was, sw- uh, was swapped to the, the Fellowship Boromir, and then you took Faramir on top of it, mounted with lance, and then you swapped the Nether for Madril. Uh, I... that, that, way, that way you are actually having Gandalf to, uh, to protect both the, uh, the, the weaker Boromir, who's still pretty powerful with two will points uh, uh, every time to, to, to spend to resist, but you get additional hero and you get actually six more my points. I think, I think I'd keep him with the banner because it's the idea of him making um, the Rangers fight five or the, the Falcon so fight, fight five. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like that, that transforms the army and i I get what you what you mean mick like having the two brothers like croak combating or doing stuff but i i i don't and i say this based off experience because someone from our group out like this used to be his go-to army switching denethor for madril and that fight five is a son of a gun 
like you go up with elves against and they're tying and they're just ripping through your elves because usually elves are less 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 uh less armored and stuff so yeah i don't know just that fight five or even making those knights fight for it just makes a huge difference in my opinion it takes it takes good heroes with supporting troops and takes it into an elite force of really good heroes and really good troops with high armor. Yeah. I mean, I think you can solve that. I, I agree with you that the way this is currently structured, Boromir's not going to get necessarily the most out of his banner, but I think you can solve that problem by just taking warriors and rangers and guard, the fo- guard of the fountain court out of other war bands and putting it into Boromir's war band. Um, and you know, you you could do it. I mean, there's there's nothing inherently wrong about about the way you're structuring it, Mick. It's just it's a different army. I mean, this is an army that creates a. You know, it, you know, if you, if you get stuff upright and you get stuff deployed right, you have this defense seven shield wall protecting a bunch of guys who are shooting out of it with a shoot value of three plus they can only be hit with return fire on sixes. And then when you actually manage to get in and engage, you um, end up with, uh, you know, you end up fighting two ranks of fight five with a banner. Um, I mean, that's the, you know, that's kind of the death ball aspect of this. And hey, there, there are definitely other ways to construct it, but I think that's, that was the concept he was going for. And I think to preserve that concept, mm-hmm. I think you keep Captain of the White Tower with Banner and Gandalf. Sure. So in that case, I would only then add, let's, let's make it more bows because at six, that's not very many at 800 points, but you could have 12 easily. Also, I'd like to see spears on the bows. Of course, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, 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 I personally would play less guard at the Fountain Court and more Rangers of Gondor with spears, um, which also saves you some points that you can use if in various places. Um, but you know, you don't have to, if what you have are garlic fountain court yeah. figures, it still works. Now, now I, I disagree with that to an extent. I, I can see why he's using less Rangers of, and I'm going to try to explain for it to make sense. Um, coming up against this, when I've played against other players playing this list, the only soft targets are the Rangers. And when I played against it, I would throw everything at the Rangers and that's where you totally outnumber this list is you just take out the Rangers first, the soft targets, and then you outnumber it and you can surround troops and kill them. I know when I played Corsairs against it, that's, that's what I did and, and I won against it. So for, as an opponent going against this, um, I would want to be honest, them to put more Rangers just because it would mean more soft spots. It's the D7 that is just hard to crack through with such low models at 800. I don't I mean, know. The Rangers, the Rangers are still going to be going the second rank most of the time. They're not just going to be standing around on their own. Yeah. The, the Rangers are also going to shoot your Corsairs to death. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's a different yeah, way to do true. it. I think there's, I mean, there's, I think you can do it either way. I think you can do it with Guard of the Fountain Court and fewer Rangers. I think you can do it with more Rangers and Guard of the Fountain Court. I think that's just a, a play style thing. All right, and now we're going to be moving into the main topic for today, which is Angmar, and we're now joined by Devin, who has uh, popped in to say his thoughts on the spooky list for Halloween. And, and he's well-rested now. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I thought about just sleeping in today, but then I heard it was Angmar, and I'm like, whoa, I have to join this. I'm like, love this faction. <laughs> were, were your dreams haunted by Angmar? 
I, you know what? That's the real story. But if, if I didn't want anyone to look down on me, so <laughs> <laughs> I actually just woke up from a nightmare. <laughs> okay, um, so we'll start off with the leader of Angmar, which is the Witch King. So I'll move that over to Mick. Right. So the Witch King of Angmar. Um, well, I think. Well, first of all, uh, the Witch King himself, as we all know, uh, is one of the nine ring raids. Um, with five fight, strength four, defense eight, uh, one attack, one wound, uh, courage six, and then um, the amount of might points, uh, of might points, will points, and fate points as you wish between zero three, ten twenty, and zero three. He has all of the uh, useful uh, heroic actions except heroic march, which sadly only only the unnamed ring rates seem to have. So he goes with uh, resolve, channeling, strike, strength, and challenge. Uh, he has all of the Fell Beasts and all of the equipment and um, the Crown of Morgo. And he is a hero of legends. So uh, just like in the Mortal list, he is one of those things which can really be played at virtually any point limit. Uh, at, lo uh, at low levels, you just g uh, give him a free might, one fate, and let's say keep him on, on, on 10 will points. Uh, at high points levels, you beef him up. You may want to put him on Fell Beasts or a horse uh, and give him a crown. So he is uh, definitely, well, he's, uh, he's usually in like the top five heroes that anyone ever chooses in the entire game. So uh, in Angmar, he's also probably the most popular hero used. Um, well, yeah, there isn't that much extra to say about him other than the fact that he's generally pretty awesome and most of the time you kind of want to include him. So I guess the biggest question you always have with, <clears throat> with this guy is how do you get him out? toward your force is there uh mick have you played with him recently like pre yeah so i've played i played witch king a lot in my life um i generally uh see people uh putting him, him on a fell beast uh, uh very often with the crown i personally don't really like the fell beast on the witch king because um as a hero of legend that um that makes him more of a target although i do uh, virtually always like to give him the crown of Morgul because um uh, the uh, the three attacks when you're mounted on a horse uh, make him very strong, especially with heroic strike. And then well, it's at all uh, times. He just goes to three attacks, so it's also mounted. Period. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just making sure no one confused that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then um, uh, obviously the uh, the better ability to cut, to cast spells um, is is vital because then you don't have and to resist be... spells. Yeah, exactly. So, so you don't so you don't have to be using two or three dice to cast a spell like like a like a transfix, because um, normally, you, uh, if you if you're casting a transfix, you, you generally want it to be cast. And normally, if you if you're just casting it on one dice, then um, there's there's always that risk. Oh no, I'm gonna roll a, uh, roll a one or a two. Am I gonna have to use might? I kind of want to use two uh, two will points on it, but with the crown. Uh, obviously, that uh, allows you to reroll the dice. So, things like transfix drop from uh, one third ch uh, chance of failing into one ninth ch chance of failing. So, uh, instantly, all of your spells become much, much better, and you're not spending anywhere near as much will either to cast or to resist. So, I think generally the Crown of Morgul is a must. And then af after that, it sort of depends on the rest of the army and your uh, uh, total points that, that you're playing at. But I would say always give him three might, always give him at least one, usually two fate points. And if you can afford, uh, give him all three. 
and then the crown and then go from there i think yeah the crown almost pays for itself i think because yeah. it's it's 25 points and it really over the course of a long game will be worth at least five might which i think pays for itself right there and you get the oh, well, or, i'm sorry yeah. five will five will <clears throat> yeah. um and which you know really you almost get the <clears throat> the three attacks as as an added uh, bonus because you can also get away with spending a lot less you know or with putting a lot less will on the oh, witch king i mean i i used to take him back in the old days you'd take him with like 16 17 might now i think you can get away with taking him with you know uh you know 12 13 14 yeah i've seen as low as 10 there's some people who have yeah. this build where it's just 310 yeah two, yeah and, yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden all of a sudden he becomes like a like a discount hero yeah who's yeah. like Soledan, like fight five mounted hero that just goes through stuff without I mean, I your opponent realizing like it. 500 points with like 310 one and a crown and a horse and he's still fine because because of those points levels uh you like you don't really see that many big heroes on the other side and just a single casting transfigs with a reroll usually going to be enough you guys maybe 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 this is maybe this is just me but you know how, for example, with the new Barador list, how Sauron kind of gets the whole rules written around him? Do you kind of wish, like, with this list that there was, like, a rule specifically for the Witch King that kind of made him a little bit better? And I'm not saying that by any means the Witch King is bad, but kind of, like, makes you want to take the Witch King in this list over, like, other people. So specifically to your example... No, I think he means, like, you, you, you're you talking about the army bonus, right? The army bonus yeah, in well, Barador yeah. specifically army, enhances... Sauron. Yeah. So, okay. So I have two opinions on this kind of. Uh, so number one, Baradour. I'm glad they did it because otherwise, if without Sauron, Baradour is a pointless faction. Like there's really no reason you just take Mordor. Um, so I think it really makes sense around him. But obviously, there's a lot of other factions, Thranduil's Halls, or you know, Lake Town, that uh, make the bonus centered around the main hero. I think I like it when it makes sense to that army. Uh, some armies I actually don't like it in, and I. And I I guess Angmar probably should have been one of the ones that may have had it, but the, I don't ever like being feeling like I'm forced to take the leader, or otherwise I might as well not play this faction and I might as well, well just ally it around did, or whatnot. I didn't mean take away the, the the. I just meant throw in like one special rule for the Witch King. So well, technically, he grants one, terror to. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it is worth it is worth going through the army bonus here for. Which Angmar. we can do right afterward, um, yeah. and, and we'll probably cover it on every spirit hero. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, Tim. Make him individually stronger. Technically, the army bonus does buff him. He does mm -hmm. grant terror to all things around him, and so that is actually a pretty significant buff. Um, especially when, if if that's all it said was just the Witch King, and I know you're not suggesting that. If that's all it said, then the army bonus would be terrible. But but you know, it does it for all spirits. Um, I think honestly, the Angmar army bonus is pretty appropriate to how you want them to function. But um, I don't know. Did you want to go into the 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 army bonus in depth? I mean, what's everyone's opinions of the army bonus? Well, <laughs> well why don't we why don't we just read it out for folks who don't have the book mm -hmm. in front of them? So the army bonus is: if that fell kingdom should ever rise again, Rivendell, Loria, and the Shire, even Gondor itself, shall fall. So friendly Angmar, Angmar orc models within three inches of a friendly spirit hero gain the terror special rule. So there's a lot of spirit heroes in these lists. 
uh, in this list. So there's a lot of folks that give that. And you're pretty much always getting this army bonus with this list because this, this is a list that basically can't ally. Um, there's only, it can ally with Smaug if you want to put Smaug in and it can ally with Moria. And those are really the only two options that you have. So about 95% of the time when you see an Angmar list, you're seeing a pure Angmar list that's going to get this bonus. So from your perspective, Matt, do you think it's worth, because uh, you, you, just so everyone's clear, um, he meant convenient allies because you can get Smaug and Moria's convenient allies. This actually has yeah, no historical. Right. I mean, um, you, can, you, can, you can red ally with, uh, with other things, but. So basically, I mean, the bonus as far as it being worth keeping, I actually played this faction a few times since the, the actual new update um, and actually brought it to the Warhammer World GT. I personally really like this bonus. Um, I, I mean, in a world where, like, especially in the Warhammer World GT, if you're fighting good versus evil, well, good armies traditionally have a lot more courage mitigation techniques than than evil armies so i think in good versus evil it actually suffers a little bit more uh it's just my opinion but <clears throat> i actually really like the army bonus i i think i have actually played this actually in one i believe in a tournament with you matt uh where i've played this actually allied with a with another alliance it was moria and uh, just forgoed the army bonus <clears throat> but i mean what do you what do you think i mean as far as your experience matt would you try to always keep this yeah i always keep this i, I mean just because this, I mean, though, I think the time that you don't keep this is if you are running a variant of this list that doesn't have a lot of spirit heroes, in which case, sure, why not ally in whatever it is you want to ally in from, from Moria. Um, but I think most of the time you're centering this around spirit heroes, uh, of which this list has so many. Um, and then, you know, this is an army bonus that you want. And, uh, you know, on the subject of do we give the Witch King of Angmar his own special rule for being in this list, I'm not sure we need to because I think in all in, in, in the majority of circumstances, the Witch King of Angmar is going to show up in this list anyway, just of his own accord. Because, you know, one thing I think we're going to talk about as we go through these, this is a list that really struggles to find places to get might into it because it has a lot of things that you want to add into this list that don't give you might. And the Witch King is one of the few things in this list that has three might, which I think, or it can have three might if you buy it for him. I think that's one of the reasons why probably the majority of times you're going to see the Witch King thrown in here is just to give it some sort of hero that has might. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the necessity of the Witch King is pretty stated. I mean, I think in time seeing it, and I'm just going off my own memory, the only time I've seen a really competitive list, and, and me personally anyway, is uh, Kylie, I believe, in Articon, um, in the Masters, she brought the Tainted and Gulivar, not the Witch King. It's the only time I've ever seen it where it didn't have that. And we'll end up talking about that because it's actually an interesting idea. But most all of these lists of Angmar are just like, yeah, bring the Witch King. Sonato include basically 18 troops and uh, has three points of might for you, which, as Matt mentioned, is valuable. Because most of the other utility heroes, as we're going to talk about, have zero might. Uh, I think actually you may have mentioned that actually specifically. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, Mick Rainier. You got any thoughts on this bonus before we move forward on that? Or yeah, I think yeah, I'd agree. The bonus is really great, and I, I mean, we say that now, but 
later we're going to get into like when we review the certain heroes that they have, how it is great. But yeah, I think the, I think the bonus is great. I see people allying uh, Agmar in with stuff and I don't think you get Agmar's full potential without the bonus to be honest because i I get i get there's a lot of like armies now good armies especially that negate courage i mean they have like bodyguard or something like that but on the small chance you come up against a goblin town or a haradrim army or or a corsair army you just make that game not fun for your opponent so it 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 does does go really far even you come up against other orc armies it it's it's a it's a huge crippler if you if you if you have to fight it so yeah i like it a lot yeah, especially since all uh, all your ring rates also have harbinger of evil, so mm-hmm. the bonus is almost like doubled from that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it, you never end up. Yeah, you never end up having to pass an ordinary courage test to charge a guy here in this list. You always end up having to take a minus one courage test to charge a guy because mm-hmm. there's always somebody with harbinger of evil floating around. I think um, the only time I've ever seen this bonus, like gotten rid of for an ally even a convenient ally like i did is uh for the shade and it seems like games workshop is intent is very much to stop you from allying with this list because now the shade has been nerfed to not allow you to do that anymore um so uh yeah i mean now i see very little reason to pull out of this list like even make yourself an impossible ally to grab like very many things. I think the other alliance examples that I've seen. Oh no, they're actually mortar. They're just using the tainted from mortar. So actually, yeah, never mind. Um, I was thinking of the Condi's chariots with the tainted, but um, that's a mortar inclusion. Okay, so I think I think it's agreed. The Witch King is pretty much an auto include in this list because of the the might, like Matt said, the customization that he brings that you can bring him at almost any point level, and you know his overall usefulness in the game. Uh, we'll move on to the next model, which is the Tainted, and I'll move that over to Devin. All right. So this one got a major power boost in the new edition. Uh, so the Tainted is 120 points to Ringwraith, uh, Hero of Valor. Uh, it's um, pretty much your standard Ringwraith stat, but I'll go ahead and repeat it. Five fight, strength four, uh, defense eight, one attack, one wound, uh, courage of six, and then two might, 14 will, and two fate. So uh, a little bit boosted from... Uh, previous times. Uh, Heroic Channeling has the armor uh, options of an armored fell beast, fell beast, an armored horse and a horse. And uh, then has Harpinger of Evil, Terror, Will of Evil. These are standard Ringwraith rules um, in the main rulebook, so we won't go over them here. And uh, the thing that makes him special, he's got two other special rules. Uh, one of them being, uh, I believe, Miasmatic Presence, uh, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, the rule essentially states at the start of the move phase, before heroic actions are declared, the tainted may elect to spend a point of will. If he does this until the end of the turn, all warrior models uh, within six inches of the tainted may not benefit from the standfast rule or take part in heroic actions. So I'm going to quickly touch on this just in case some of you missed it. Number one, it's all warrior models. That includes your own. Uh, number two, it doesn't include heroes. So you can still call heroic moves. It's just only those within six inches of the tainted won't be able to move. They'll, they'll still stand there. But because they didn't participate, they can still move later. So he's not like completely denying their move. Uh, and uh, also this is at the start of the move phase before heroic actions are declared, which means this cannot be stopped at all. It is impossible to stop this from if the tainted wants it to happen, it will happen. Uh, the only thing I can 
say is because it's a passive rule, even if you were to say transfix the tainted in the middle of your move phase, it doesn't deactivate. It, it, it will still stay in effect um, because I believe transfix only stops active passive uh, active special rules. If you so, were to blast him to death in your move phase, if you blast you him, turn it off. <laughs> you could do that. You could you could source your spot, but even at that point, you'd have to do it with a hero who didn't call the with me because it won't like negate the. So you'd have to be like. Gandalf does it or something. I don't know. <laughs> and then, then another hero calls with me. Um, so basically, it's nearly impossible to stop. Uh, and the other rule he has is Seeping Decay. And in this one is at the start of the fight phase, roll a d6 for each non-spirit, uh, friendly or enemy, model in base contact with the Tainted. Uh, if the model is cavalry, uh, then roll for both the mount and the rider. If they roll a 6, they suffer a wound. So... Uh, this is another equal opportunity. Uh, you can kill yourself and <laughs> your opponent at the same time. This rule will rarely come into play, uh, but it is a nice to have, I'd say. Uh, then as far as the magical powers, he's got pretty much all of your standard wraith powers. There's generally like three categories. I put the ring rays, which is a good caster or like a bad caster, or just kind of mediocre, I think is kind of how they have it set up. And this one's one of your good caster wraiths. Um, so... I, I don't know, unless everyone thinks I should. I'm not going to go really over the spells too much. But um, so uh, I guess initial thoughts on the Tainted before I let everyone else take it. Uh, I mean, I think he's actually fantastic in a lot of other lists that I've seen. In Angmar specifically, I have never tried him. Clearly, he must be great because Kylie won Masters with him. So there's something that I haven't seen as far as his effectiveness within Angmar. The reason I say other factions is a lot of other factions that utilize movement shenanigans where they move and start killing things. And that's where I've seen the tainted become very popular. Uh, there are other applications say in like cavalry armies or something where you can deny your opponent, the ability to charge you, you know, where charging is necessary, but Angmar doesn't really have a lot of that. doesn't have any movement shenanigans that I mentioned earlier. doesn't have really a whole lot of cav that you even care to bring. So realistically, what's happening here is uh you're just allowing yourself to charge first which then negates your own terror uh this is all of course from my own theory because obviously your terror doesn't really matter much if you're charging your opponent um so basically i i haven't seen it used enough within an angmar faction for me to know if i care too much about this so i think it's really the second part of his rule which it it doesn't allow stand fast i think that is where most of it's applied in angmar it's just my own guess um basically you know break the opposing force and then he shows up and then just your your entire enemy army is screwed if if you're not broken and, and they are they're just absolutely screwed depending on their army of course you know it with him so what else uh, anyone else have any thoughts oh rainier's got some yeah see see sorry i was waving at someone else but <laughs> oh, <you> <laughs> no i i actually like him in lists without the witch king i mean i'm this might not be popular but that's where i've seen him shine in a pure agmar list um shoot a guy from your region actually devin young duke who plays oh yeah plays, plays him with like the warg chieftain and it's like you expect an Agmar army to like come at you slowly and just, but all of a sudden the tainted and a warg chieftain and like maybe a troll or Golovar are in your face, and you're and young it just well with that too. Yeah, he he did really good at many many tournaments too. So it's it's he's a, he's a sucker. Um, I mean, you'll even throw a guy into him and he'll just die. I know I've surrounded him many times, 
and just had like all my guys uh, that random time that you just roll sixes and they all just die and it's like well there goes there that goes but yeah I, I like him i like him to be honest in the list of a pure list if you play it like devin said really aggressively um with like fast moving models throwing a lot of warg uh warg riders maybe even warg just wargs themselves and like a chieftain maybe golivar I, I like him a lot yeah so i think that the list or the use for his miasmic presence as far as canceling heroics really kind of comes into its own in, in, in two situations I can think of. Um, the, the first is if you're fighting an enemy, uh, an enemy cavalry army, particularly a good cavalry army like Rivendell Knights, it's probably not going to fail the courage test anyway. Um, Cause if you, if you win the priority role, you can basically say, all right, I know I'm going to be able to pin that cavalry down. So if you're in this situation where the cavalry charges in, you survive the first round of the attack, you're going for the, the roll-off for the next turn, you win priority, you can basically make it so that all, have to deal with 50-50s. All, yeah. yeah, all the cavalry you're going to, except, except for the heroes, um, which will need to call individual heroic moves in order to get charges off you'll be able to catch the cavalry standing. Well, I think uh, with me, we'll still catch the other heroes. Just the warriors can't participate. So. Uh, oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, I guess that's right. Um, uh, but, yeah, but the warrior cavalry will not be able to. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's a use. I mean, the other thing is, I think, to support Gulivar. Um, because you can, what you can do is you can pitch, and, and I think this is probably how Kylie used it, is you can pitch in Gulivar. Um, Gulivar kills a couple folks. Uh, and then because Gulivar is scary, what the other side wants to do is uh, you know, throw a guy into Gulivar just to tie him up uh, and force him to expend his might on heroic combats if he actually wants to get in and fight somebody. And it, again, if you win priority and you fire off the miasmic presence, that means that Gulivar is going to be moving first unless somebody wants to sacrifice a hero to call a heroic move and go into Gulivar, um, which is, yeah, and probably is going to end up going into Gulivar unsupported because at that point you can move the rest of your orcs up to surround Gulivar and protect him so he can go mano a mano against whichever hero charged in against him. And uh, that's, that's a really useful way to support Gulivar and Gulivar and keep him from getting swamped. So uh, what I'm going to ask before we move on to the next hero is where does he rank in the, is he in the upper tier of heroes you want to take? Is he in the middle, the lower tier? Where, where, where do you guys rank him in the name more or less? I, I think because of the price of the heroes, um, you generally only end up taking generally two big guys, generally. And he's one of the big guys, I guess I can say. Um, I think because your first choice is usually the Witch King, it, it really, I think almost as Rainier said, kind of depends on if you take the Witch King or not. So he's up there, but if you take the Witch King, then he kind of drops in value quite a bit because you generally want your second big thing to be like, well, there's a lot of options as we're going to discuss, but <laughs> um, I, I don't, so it's weird. It's like he's high tier unless you take the Witch King, in which case probably not, but that's my thought on that. I think you take. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Actually, spot on. 
Uh, I was okay, just going to... Uh, yeah, sorry, okay, okay, okay. Mick will never okay, speak. Okay, you go. You go. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Mick. No, Mick. Go, okay, go. Okay, okay, I'll go, I'll go. Um, I think generally he may potentially be the answer to Angmar's might issues because essentially uh, if nobody can call her moves, then the fact that you only have like two or three might points in your army isn't that relevant at the end of the day. So, mm -hmm. so, so you're spending his will points for uh, as, an, as a substitute for your might points, really. Mm. But you have to use it before heroic actions are declared, so they can just hold yes. on to their might. Well, yeah, but you're you're you can. they can hold on to theirs, but you're holding on to yours as well. No, um, that's true. Yeah, and, and and also the fact is that yeah, they're holding on to their might, but they're not using it for anything. So, and some heroes, their whole purpose is heroic moves. So, yeah. it, in a sense, because yours are not used for that purpose, um, well, on a large majority of your heroes, um, I mean. Yeah, I mean that's how I'd answer that. Is he's high tier unless you take other things, and he's low. He's just you're you're really doing a lot of give and take with this list because a lot of your best options are a lot of points. So I, I think he's a good backup hero for either Gulavar or the Witch King on Felbeast hmm. because those guys have have three points of might, so you're going to have some might, and they're the ones that you want to be able to charge rather than be charged, and uh, you know, I think he, he's a good guy to kind of follow each of those folks around, uh, use the miasmic presence on the turn after they've charged in to keep them from getting you know, kind of countercharged and swamped and killed in response. I think that's his role for those guys. I believe, Mick, you said this was one of your favorite heroes, right? Yeah, I always thought he was one of my favorites, and it's generally underused, I, uh, I find him, because uh, his special role... Uh, I think, in theory, it could be one of the best special rules in the game. Because you essentially go, okay, well, you're broken, I turn this on, your army runs away. And if we're both broken, well, I'm just not going to turn it on. Or if, let's say, I really uh, am in a situation where, um, my, uh, well, let's say I want to turn it on, but my opponent won priority and we're both broken, then, well, I can. Then uh, make my opponent fail courage tests. And then take a courage test with tainted and fail myself. So then, so then the rest of uh, the rest of, them of of my army will still be taking my courage tests and and stand fast. Oh, that's actually kind of funny. Yeah, can you use you can't use will to decrease courage test, can you? He's no, you can so use you really can use might to do it, but you can't okay, well, use will to do it. In that so, case, in that case, I would just. Uh, it's a funny tactic. Test. I like that. You him die. So I would just use up all of my will on the spell, or just walk him away from uh, 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 from the rest of my army, so mm. that uh, yeah. uh, my, uh, my troops can still benefit from it. So I yeah. think once my opponent is broken, like they're screwed. Once one, if, if the thing yeah. is here. Okay. Um, now we'll move on to the next model. Uh, arguably one of the most, if not the most annoying Wraith to come up against. Uh, before, yes. anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> before. <laughs> um, and I'll move it over to Matt. It is the Dwimmer Lake. All right. So the Dwimmer Lake is 120 points. He's a hero of valor. Um, his stats are the standard Wraith stats. Uh, his except for the fact that he has might zero, 16 will, and two fate. He's armed with heavy armor and a two-handed sword, so whenever he fights, he's going to get the minus one in the dual roll, so he's not a guy you want to be fighting a lot. 
um, as with all the other named wraiths, the only heroic, he, well, not all of them. For him, the only heroic he can call is heroic channeling. Um, you can get him on an armored fell beast, a fell beast, an armored horse, or a horse. I don't think you really ever want him to be on anything more than a horse because he is not a wraith that's really about fighting anything. Yeah. Um, he, his special rule is sap fortitude. Every time a hero model within six inches of the Dwemer Lake spends a point of might, will, or fate, the Dwemer Lake may elect to spend a point of will. If he does, on a roll, roll a d6. On a four plus, the enemy hero model must spend an additional point of the same type or the deed will be canceled and any might, will, or fate already committed will be lost. Note that a hero model that wishes to expend multiple points of might, will, and fate may wait to see how the Dwemer Lake's roll affects their first point of might, will, or fate before committing to spending any more. The Dwemer Lake will have to spend a point of will for every point he wishes to affect, though he may wait to see how his first point of will affects his opponent before deciding to spend another point of will. Um, he also, of course, is a spellcaster. He, he has the standard Wraith spellcasting abilities, so Drain Courage on a 2, Transfix on a 3, Compel on a 4, Black Dart, Instill Fear, and Sap Will all on 5s. Um, so the Dwemer Lake was a guy you saw much more in the last edition. He was significantly nerfed in a number of ways. I think enough ways to really take him out of the game. Um, he has a bunch of problems that kind of prevent him from showing up much these days. Number one is the fact that uh, he can't kill anything because he's got the two-handed sword and he has no might uh, and just the one attack. Um, so he's not anybody you're going to want to waste points putting on a fell beast. Um, and he's just, he, he's just you're going to send him into combat and he's going to lose. So that's problem number one. Uh, problem number two is he has zero might, which means he doesn't really add much to this list. I mean, as we talked before, this is a list that has a whole bunch of zero might heroes, and there's only a finite number of points you can really spend on zero might heroes and still have some capability to influence the battle unless you're just going to kind of go whole hog and say, hey, I'm going to have no might in this list and uh, go from there which is interesting, but I'm not sure is really a tournament-winning strategy. Uh, the third issue he has is that his Sap Fortitude ability, which used, used to be the reason that you took him, it was basically kind of a, a might, will, and fate damping field, um, has been significantly dropped down. It's dropped down from 12 inches to 6 inches. Uh, he now needs to spend a point of will in order to do it. Uh, and even if he does it, well, actually, I think I think it used to be on a on a four plus. As well, well, he was a four up, but he never had to spend will. He never had to spend the will. Yeah. Um, it so just affected every single one. Yeah, you, you have to spend a lot of res You have to spend a lot of your own resources in order to have a chance at stopping this. And it, yeah, you know, that combined with the six inch range, the limited six inch range, um, really makes it much easier to avoid and much less of a threat. And this is a lot of points, 120 points at a minimum, 130 points if you put them on a horse to spend on somebody who's really just going to give you that ability. That, and yeah, that ability and some spell casting are all this guy's going to give you. And there's better things you can spend 130 points on in this list. Like the last guy we mentioned. <laughs> yeah, like the last yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah I, I just, I just you... don't think this guy fits well. Yeah. in this list i mean the only time i ever see him is in mordor lists because they have that cheap 
might that you can gain through orc heroes or something like that. But this guy just doesn't. It's not, in my opinion, it's not just that he's. You actually see him? Doesn't get his points. You, you I've, I've never. I've. I've seen him actually in a list. One of the guys from my group takes him. He uh, takes him with a great beast of Gorgoroth. Oh, well, oh. No, I still don't understand it. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's tainted, though, because then at least the great beast would be able to charge on its own. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, well, he, he might bring both, to be honest. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what it is. No, but yeah, I don't, think, I don't think he's good in the Agmar list. I mean, we're going to go through all these models that benefit the Agmar list or complement the Agmar list. I don't think anything he does complements or benefits the Agmar list for his points. I mean, the whole needed to be touched. What do you guys think he needed? Do you guys think he needed to be rewritten? Oh, he was so he was a great example of like an unfun game experience. This goes into uh, my very popular Balrog rant, which I will save for another video. (laughs) (laughs) But he he was very unfun to be around. Twelve inch bubble, and every time you spent anything, I mean, it, it just would constantly sap you over time. I think they went the right direction working around him but i think they probably should have left the 12 inches because as matt said you don't want this guy in combat and getting in six inches of your target but number two i mean i'm not i think a roll of a four up might have still been appropriate i don't know if it should be reworked entirely but you basically by the time you're done harassing one hero you're going to be like four might down like if you're really trying to just sap someone of their ability to spend uh because i think and correct me if i'm wrong i think if they spend a point of might and then you use this ability, and then it fails. You don't roll the four up. Can you do it again on that same point of might? No. It sounds like no. you can't. So basically, you could be spending will a lot to do nothing. <laughs> like it, this really could go nowhere. Um, it, it's it got punished quite a bit, and um, I mean, yeah. Basically, you're if you're taking him, you're probably gonna end up just all you're going to be doing is walking around and just trying to very closely follow like a hero you want to harass while at the same time keeping him out of range and then spending i guess a few bit on spells but if you do too much then his main ability is lost in which case you should have just taken a different wraith who could get might it's, I mean, it's he does have quite a bit of will i mean he he has 16 will so he can he can do stuff with spells and i think use his ability Maybe just take him as a caster then. Uh, you have you have to just take him as a caster. Uh, you know, a, a caster plus this ability. I mean, the one use I could think to make him synergize in this list is to have him follow the shade around, mm-hmm. um, because you know the way heroes basically counter the shade is they go and they spend might to make their fives into sixes so they can win the fight again, and he can damp that down and you know, kind of prevent them from doing that half the time. You know, the problem is then you end up spending like 220 or 230 points on two heroes who aren't going to kill anything and don't have any might. And that's a pretty big point sink in order to kind of get that gimmick off. Um, so I'm not sure that's a, the best use of 230 points in this list. Yeah, that, that's really the problem is he's just very heavy point sink. I can see like Obviously, I want to keep him at 120 to keep him in line with the other race, but I guess he's just a caster hero at this point. It, it's, you know, I, I'm I'm criticizing the ability on paper, and I mean, as soon as I see it on paper, I don't like it. But I've never actually used him 
Um, I, I mean, he's just sworn by better options. But has anyone actually used him? I know, Rainier, you say your friend has. Um, he's... I mean, we we try really weird, stupid stuff at, the, at our Philly game game days, to be honest. So I say we've used him, but that's like, would we take him to a tournament? Probably not. Have we used him? Yeah, he's he's fun to use on a game day, but I wouldn't. Like I said, especially in the Agmar list, he's a waste. Um, you can try to bring him in. Um, to certain armies like throw him in with a chariot army or throw him in with different things just to just to play with the rules but he's one of those guys that it's like when push comes to shove you can't justify you can't justify 130 170 with with a, with a fell beast model for for a zero might and two-handed weapon like i don't know it just on fell beast he's able to not use the two-handed weapon right you can elect to have the fell beast strike i believe Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, that so, makes sense. All right, so, so yeah, spend an, drop another fifty points onto this guy <laughs> and put him on a felbeast. <laughs> a felbeast with no might. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> so that, I guess yeah. that's not. So I, I mean, as a consideration. I mean, we've we does he become a combat unit? Because then, like other no. heroes. No, you can't. You can't. You can't right. rogue combat him out or rogue anything. Yeah, <laughs> and once I, commits, I, I you challenge you. Move him. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I challenge our viewers. We said bring like five dwarf ballistas. I challenge you to bring an Agmar army with zero might. There you go. Actually, let's, no let's might Angmar used to be a thing. That actually really, a, yeah, it was. Wow, a very they should sell thing. shirts that say no might Agmar. No might Agmar. <laughs> <laughs> it actually was a competitive list. Um, well, mid mid tier competitive, but basically, yeah, they would bring. Um, it really was like the Dwimmer, like a shade and Barrow Whites, and that that it was a shutdown list. Because remember, the Dwimmer, like, back in the day, it, it would every time you spent Might, Will, Fate, boom, sap, 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 and, like, it hit a multiple yeah. heroes at once. And so then you have that combined with the Shade, who's dropping all of your fight statistics, and then Barrow Whites that are forcing you to spend, what, Will, in order to resist their... I mean, it was a massive shutdown list that basically said, hey, you can go ahead and put your dice down. I'm going to continue playing. <laughs> and that's basically what it felt like. And I think it was from those no my Angmar lists that they all suffered these nerves, not the shade. Well, the shade. Yes. Even because it got tied to will as we'll discuss later. But yeah, I think those no my Angmar lists actually were possible. And I mean, they, they could, they could work. If you think it just throw a whole bunch of barrel whites. I mean, it could, it could work. I mean, everything's oh, oh, possible. Barrel whites and a shade. Yeah. I mean, uh. All right. Well, you know, maybe one day at a one time at a game day, I'll I'll, I'll pull this out and see if it works. Well, come on, that was back in the day when it was twelve inch range and the shade had you know more yeah, than eight yeah. turns to do. So it's like now, now yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so especially since you can't stop it, like uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but yep. It's... So you know, one interesting thing. You know, I'm going to put in another plug for um, changing the two handed weapon rule to. Up, up your oh, fight value by one. That actually would give him. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> skip the rant. Well, I guess we're probably lingering on these two too long. So, all right, go. moving right along. <laughs> uh, we're gonna move into a very unique profile, uh, and I'll move that over to Rainier, which is Gulivar, the Terror of Arnor. 
Okay, so to start out, uh, Gulivar is a spirit model, which he doesn't look like it, but he is. So that adds to the bonus we were talking about earlier. Um, his war gears are huge claws and teeth, so you don't have to worry about someone shattering his war gear because his hands are his 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 yeah. weapon. Um, he's a hero of valor. He's at two hundred points. Movement six, having the fly rule. Fight seven, strength eight, which is good. Defense five, attacks asterisks which will come to wounds for courage asterisks which will come to um might three will three zero fate um his special rules he has the fly ability like i said harbinger of evil so that's going to be really good for agmar monstrous charge that's going to be amazing at the fight seven um especially fight seven his ability he can't croak strike he only has defense and strength uh, he is resistant to magic and he does cause terror so right off the bat you can see he has quite a lot of of special abilities he can kill kill mid-tier heroes even go up against fight six heroes and you can strike with someone else and potentially kill them um one of his big special rules is immortal hunger so this goes to his asterisks um each time golivar is wounded his attacks go down to his wounds so he starts out at four attacks four wounds um if he takes say two wounds in shooting now he's got two attacks um However, if he kills, let me see, he regains a wound for each model he slays in combat. Um, this does not include the brutal attacks. Or it does include, let me see, rend. Ren, Ren, yeah, rend Ren is the only one, but you can't, hurl. for example, hurl someone and be like, oh, I get my four, four wounds back. No, and of course it can't go over the four also. So he's kind of your typical glass cannon, but like a big glass cannon. Um and yeah, his other rule is passive strength of body, strength of will. So that's back to the whole wounds um, and attacks, attacks reflecting his wounds. So yeah, he's he's a big boy. I mean, I've seen him at most competitive lists, I would say, actually bring Gulivar for many reasons. One being he's like a Shelob on steroids <laughs> with three might. He can basically do almost anything. Um, two, he buffs your army with the harbinger of evil um and, and the fly rule he makes agmar a lot more deadly because now you have to worry about where is he gonna land is he gonna come on my backside or anything like that um yeah he also has heroic defense so if you do throw him into someone say aragorn boromir and they you know they're gonna strike up over you um, just throw heroic defense with his three three might so he's quite quite a specimen um I would say he's for new players or an unexperienced players against Agmar. He's probably the largest threat outside of the Witch King in this list, just because all the nasty stuff he does, the little, little things like the fight seven or the strength eight, he can hurl. What is it? Eagles are Eagles strength seven. The Eagles are strength seven. Strength six. They're strength strength six. Six. Yeah, so they he gets like a, on the charge. That's right. Yeah, so he gets a knockdown for them and like can like totally kill kill those type of models. He I mean, can even heroic strength and, and do some nasty stuff. So he just has so many tools. Um, I'm a huge fan of him, but I also think he's quite delicate, I would say. And a lot of new players who use him who have come up against me, um, they could they don't use him like i remember i played a game against him with mahud and someone threw him in the back lines and i just killed him in the charge charge phase with my mahud um because he ha he does have four wounds 
at defense five, which can go down pretty fast. One bad combat, if you don't heroic defense, he could die um, from a hero. Heck, he, he can even die die in shooting pretty easily, so you got to be aware of that. I mean, Matt, you and I have a story. We yeah, I was going to say, he can he can <laughs> die from three Corsairs throwing thrown weapons into combat with him and doing three wounds and killing him. <laughs> yeah, should we, should we, should we, should we should, let me share that story real quick. <laughs> So this this is this is Nova last year. Matt and I, of course, are very competitive, but we also like like each other. So of course, we're not going to be douchebags. Oh man! That's <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I have that's half I have, right. I have uh, Soladan, and I misplace Soladan, and right off the bat, I blow all of Soladan's might to like not get him to get killed. But eventually, Matt does what he does. He brings Soladan into combat, and like I'm like shoot. There's Golivar, he's gonna rogue combat and just destroy me. So I'm like, okay, Soladan. Soladan has uh what is it? I had one wound on Soladan left. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not I'm not gonna use his fate. I'm gonna shoot these three crossbows into this combat and hopefully Soladan can die so he can't do it. So all three hit. No, I no, I think I had four something like three hit, and I was like, Oh good, good, good. Please one land on Soladan, just kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him. Kill him three hit Golivar and I'm like crap this guy there's nothing like whatever then I roll it's a six six five and I kill Golivar and I'm like yeah you're already taking one wound yeah Matt and I just look at each other like we're like that's not supposed to happen I didn't even want that to happen like I was doing for the opposite like what just what just happened like it was crazy crazy game more of the story is try to kill yourself if you want to defeat your opponent well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, the moral but, but, of the story is, is Gulivar is vulnerable to shooting. I mean, he's yeah, he's defense five, and he is a big target. Um, and yeah, that goes back to the glass cannon thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. even one combat failed combat with Gulivar, like he can die so easily. And you have this beautiful model that's two hundred points. That's like the terror of Arnor with all these special rules, and it's like, oh shoot! Like Rangers of Gondor just killed Gulivar. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, there's and those these things. And because his attacks key off of the number of wounds he's taken, you know, if you take a couple bow shots before you go into combat, he goes from the terror of Arnor to the kind of unnerving of Angmar. Um, I mean, he can get him back if he wins points, but you know, if, or if he, if he wins some combats and and eats a couple guys, but because I think when we played this, Devin, when you used him, this, this happened where, uh, I think Suladan planked Gulivar on the way in and managed to suck a, a wound off of him. And then when Gulivar came into combat, came into combat against Suladan, you know, he didn't quite have enough, Suladan and a couple buddies, he didn't quite have enough dice to actually win the fight and went down. And that's the problem you can have with Gulivar is if you lose a couple points on the approach march, um, then he goes down. Little stuff. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, or God forbid, the guy's got a siege weapon and hits you with him because he's got no fate. Yeah, uh, and yeah. You know, yeah, he gets hit exactly. with a rock. Down he goes. And, you know, honestly, this is actually one of Jay's favorite models, and it kind of shows when he when he upgraded this thing. Like, um, well, actually, he only made one change, and I think it was the most elegant one is the, the monstrous charge. And other than that, the the buff on resistance to magic, but that monstrous charge allows him to go and eat little things to go recharge if like he starts to get wounded um and i think that was just huge uh for this model 
Uh, and so I, I mean, I used him as well. Actually, in almost every Angmar list, I can bring in him, and he's just a ton of fun. The fact that he can reach almost any model in a battle line because of the hurt combats combined with fly. Uh, if you use a specter to bring things in and then charge that thing, and then that will protect you from shooting, assuming playing a good army uh, won't help you against Rainier. <laughs> so, but I mean, what um, can I say? What can I say? I mean, people <laughs> say max out your war bands. I say max out your army, baby. Like. <laughs> All the Anything evil, under all the 20 evil. is just not good. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's just really, really potent. I mean, I guess the other weakness that Rainier did touch on is the fact that he can't heroic strike. So he's a hero killer. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, when you charge, you're getting 10 dice to wound. Uh, so he is a hero killer. Well, when he's healthy. But you do need to stop your opponent from calling heroic strikes. So I, obviously yeah. very fitting in a magic list. <laughs> so go ahead. I do, I do kind of like in a way the idea that he doesn't have rogue strike of course because if oh i did, like it no i think it's a he'd good be balance. too much but I, but I, I think it balances the play style too because if, yeah. if he had rogue strike i'd be like ooh, let's gamble here let's gamble there yeah go up against an aragorn heroic strike i feel like for players that because he doesn't it forces players to play a little more conservatively with him yeah. which in my opinion you do have to kind of pick the fights you can't just throw them in like a wrecking ball like yeah because I mean, the problem with Gulivar is you can't lose a fight unless you've called heroic defense, in which case you can take a punch yeah. or two. Um, but he's got a limited number of those, and if he's spending his might on heroic defenses, you're not getting the most out of him because he's not heroic combating. Um, so you 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 do as Devin said, need somebody to kind of run around and support this guy being a ring wraith to kind of call uh, transfixes on folks or have or you know barrow whites calling paralyze or something to kind of make sure that the turn after he swoops in makes a kill he doesn't get surrounded botch and then um uh you know go down to just a bunch of ordinary guys who suddenly wound him on fives i yeah i have very little uh complaints about him at all i think he's an extremely well-written profile um, yeah. At this point, as far as balance, you can see what he does. He does it extremely well. There's a very obvious way to counterplay him, but as the player using him, you can mitigate that counterplay. I think the hardest one to mitigate is the shooting issue. Um, there's also another side note that I'll bring up, and, and this has been debated for a while, where it says, Gulivar's attacks and courage are always equal to his remaining wounds. Because of that very static entry, it's often questioned how harpinger of evil an opposing harpinger of evil affects him or even drain courages and the idea is because it's always equal to his many moons then theoretically you can never lower his courage because you'd have to lower his wounds to do so It'll just be popping back up to what his wound count is um but how do you guys feel about that or is it just simply telling you what the starting marker is like i i have always question. played it I have always played it that he is not subject to courage penalties because of the way that rule is written. That's the way I've always played it as well. And, and because of that, um, that really helps him on the whole courage front because he's only courage four at best. So it, it, without that, you know, I'm pretty sure that's how it's played, but um, for those of you out there wondering. So. Okay. Um, seems to be, he's a very, very solid profile, definitely up there in the top tiers of the heroes to choose. Uh, we're going to move on to the next one, which is Birder, Troll Chieftain, and I will move that over to Mick. Right, so Birder, so he's a, a troll hero. I think, I think he's the only named troll hero in the game. 
Um, well, other than the well, the Goblin King? No, no, that's not right. Anyway, so um, he's a monster, uh, infantry, hero, hero of valor. Uh, st uh, standard tro troll stats of fight six, strength six, defense six, three attacks, three wounds, courage four, three might, one will, one fate. He carries a pick and he has heroic strike, heroic strength, and heroic challenge. And then his special rule is lead by example. Uh, in a turn in which Birder slays an enemy hero or monster model in combat, all friendly anger orc models and troll models within six inches of him count as being in range of a banner. So this guy generally, uh, you kind of like using him at lower points uh, when you cannot take Gulavar, for example. Uh, he brings you three my points, which is which is great. And with heroic strike, he uh, he's he, uh, he's always quite reliable in combat. Unlike Gulavar, for example, who uh, might just randomly die to like a couple of throwing axes or or or, or <laughs> just get weaker because of bow fire. Um, this guy just always stays on three attacks uh, with strength six, defense six. So. Um, he's quite reliable. Um, Half the cost, too. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he also brings 15 models with him. So at, at, uh, anytime that you're not taking Gulabar, you kind of want to take him because he's one of those big hitting things that um, will just always be a threat to your opponent. Um, his pick essentially means you can strike at strength 7 sometimes. I'm not entirely sure you would ne necessarily want to unless... Uh, you're actually fighting against uh, defense seven heroes, um, and um, I'm really disappointed by his special rule, because ultimately, it's very rare that you're going to get this banner effect. I I've never seen this go off. Yeah, it's yeah, it's gonna be pretty rare. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you so try to avoid it as an opponent. Exactly. I kind of wish that maybe maybe they change it to something like in a turn in which Birder slays an en enemy model or. Or let's say, well, yeah, I mean, or, or you could just make it permanent once he does it, right? You know, once <laughs> he kills an enemy hero or a monster, then he becomes it a just, banner. Period. Yeah, yeah. It, just, it just stays a banner for the entire yep. game. But yeah, at the moment, it's like the fact that it runs out after a turn. It's like okay, great. Well, if anything, my opponent, if if my opponent chooses priority, then they will just leave that combat for the last one. And if yeah. I choose priority, then hey, well, I might just get a banner this turn. You're definitely not going to call a heroic fight on a on a hero, like, yeah. unless it's a captain or something. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, and it's not even worth the point of might to get a banner effect anyway. Like not like that, um, unless it, like you're already winning. In which case, yeah. So I'm slightly disappointed that uh, he doesn't have barely a 200 weapon, just like just like normal Kitros do. But that seems to be the complaint of virtually everyone who who I've met, who I've talked to about Birder. So maybe maybe he just shouldn't have that. I mean, I on mean, the other hand, he gets heroic strike, right? And that's his. Strike, yeah. I mean, he he has a lot of things going for him. He's like a yeah. he, he's a he's a troll chieftain essentially on a smaller base. Um, so he's got the forty millimeter base, which is actually a big advantage over the sixty millimeter bases that yeah. the troll chieftains come on and. You know, he's a monster. He's a fight six monster that can heroic strike, and that's pretty scary, kind of in and of itself. Yeah, actually, yeah, he's worth his points. Hundred and ten points, yeah. dude. That's just yeah. Yeah, he's, he's that's even like if you, quite, especially as a baller. Even if you take away the yeah, lead by yeah. example, it's like I'd still take him every time. And in fact, when I do take him, 
I mean, I, I don't even consider it a special rule. I probably forget that it even exists. Yeah, because yeah, you're too busy destroying stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I think his one weakness though is his speed. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played I've played against him many times with Agmar, and I, he just it's hard to get him places. He's one of those things where where you gotta either heroic march him up to combat, risking of course him getting shot out because then. There goes the thing. He's got one fate and three wounds at defense six. He could still go down pretty easily with shooting. But yeah, I've always, the one problem, only problem, and I think it's justified that he does have this problem or else he'd be perfect. But his six inch movement with that semi big base, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, he's a, he's a troll. He, I mean, the other weakness he's got, by the way, is he's only got one will. So a lot of time, if you yeah. hit, if you hit an enemy caster, Unless you've got your own caster with you, like Angmar, you should. It. Yeah, which Angmar you should. Um, but a lot of times at lower point values, you won't. Um, and he runs into a caster, you're not going to get much out of him during the game because he's going to be spend most of it transfixed. If he had resistant to magic, does that just take him to a whole nother level? Oh, that's the reason Gulivar is oh, any yeah. good. I mean, yeah. Gulivar literally doesn't work unless you give him resistance to magic. Yeah. 200 points shut yeah. down like that. Same with yeah. this guy, yeah. At least Gulivar's got three will, but... Yeah, that too, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think I, oh, that's yeah. Yeah. Was a point about where if you kill, it should be permanent kind of thing. So if, and if, if you sacrifice the, the no two-handed pick and they, they just said, you know what, he's strength six, you have the option to piercing strike if you want to with the pick. Um, but the banner, if you kill a hero, you get a banner for six inches... And let's say they gave him resistance to magic. Does that take him from like a really good profile to like, wow, this is a great profile? Well, I mean, it's more than 110 points. I mean, what makes him, I think, a, a good profile? I mean, he's kind of a borderline great profile. I think this yeah. list, is the fact that he's only 110 points. Yeah, I mean, he costs as much as like, you know, Thorin. I, um, yeah, I think all of us are here agreeing. He's actually good. Like, yeah. Ignoring that lead by example, which is just a rule, but he, like I said, throw it away. He's still solid. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like you, you're never gonna. He's gonna tear through battle lines, like even dwarf battle lines or elf battle lines. And he's gonna terrify him, and he can even take out a good yeah. midsize here with ease. But for I mean, for 110 points, you shouldn't get a figure that has no weaknesses, and he has weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. So. it's justified. It's justified. Yeah, and the other thing okay. is, uh, with well, with three wounds and one fight, um, if he's fighting against just eight, uh, any normal heroes uh, with three attacks, he's not going to die in a single combat. If he's being charged by a mounted Boromir or something like that, he might just die. Yeah. So, so there's always there's always that sort of a risk that other people have to take. Do I throw my big hero against him and then hope he face uh, he fails a fate point in case in case I do cost my three wounds? So yeah, he's, he's, he's generally really good. All right. Okay. So I guess uh, I think general consensus, he's a very, very solid profile. Um, we'll move into a profile that has definitely gotten a nerf, but I'm interested to hear your opinions on it, uh, which is the Shade. So I'll move that over to Matt. Okay. So the Shade, uh, who was once the staple of the Angmar list, um, great character for Halloween, nice and spooky, a uh, hundred points. Um, he is move six, fight value one, uh, strength one, defense eight, attacks one, will three, courage one, zero might, eight will, zero fate. 
perfect um, combat hero. Perfect combat yeah. hero. Yeah. <laughs> Um, He's crazy. However, for his war gear, whilst a shade has no specific weapons, it is a twisted mass of undead beings constantly lashing out at the enemies of the Witch King. A shade never counts as unarmed. Okay. Um, and he's got Blades of the Dead, so if he does manage with his one fight, one attack to wound somebody, his one strength, or I'm sorry, to win a, to win a duel, his one strength wound will be against the enemy's courage instead of... Which could uh, be a five, more often than not. Could be a five. So you, <laughs> could, you, you actually have the capability to wound somebody with him. Um, but, of course, the reason that you bring him in is his special rule, and that's Chill Aura. At the start of the fight phase, before heroic actions are declared, a shade may expend a will point to activate this ability. Any enemy model within six inches of one or more shades suffers a minus one penalty on its dual roll, this is cumulative with other such penalties, such as for wielding a two-handed weapon. And there is also an errata on this. Yeah, it's always non-Angmar models now. It doesn't say yeah. enemy. It's just non-Angmar. It's been completely changed to that. Well, yeah. So what it says is at the start of the fight phase, before heroic actions are declared, a shade may spend a point of will to activate this ability. All models, both friend and foe, within six inches of one or more shades that have acted this ability suffer a minus one dual role. Uh, friendly Angmar models are not affected by the special rule. So if you Ooh. bring a shade in an allied list with, say, more goblins too, or anything yeah. else, it affects you too. Mm, I um, wonder why shows that. Yeah. <laughs> Might be a certain Articon list that... Uh, allied a shade in... Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, the shade used to be the centerpiece of every Angmar list um, because there was not a limited number of times you could use this ability and it affected everybody friendly. Um, Evan and I had great success at an Articon doubles bringing a shade and just having it follow a great beast of Gorgoroth around. Um, you can't do that anymore. Uh, so now... Um, yeah, now it, it's become a paradigm piece. So one way you can structure a Angmar list is with Gulivar and the Witch King. Another way you can structure a Angmar list is with, uh, um, say, Birdor at low points values. Another way you can structure an Angmar list is to have a shade uh, mixed in with some other heroes that actually have might and some combat ability. So uh, a shade birder combination is a good one to run. A shade witch king combination is a good one to run. Um, a shade Gulivar combination is not the greatest to run because Gulivar tends to need his mobility and need to jump around. Well, as the shade uh, just because of the nature of his ability and its six inch range, you want he basically wants to fight in a ball and Gulivar's not that great fighting in a ball. Um, but, uh, you know, may, maybe the, the shade Dwimmer Lake combination is another one uh, you could, you could conceivably do for the reasons we discussed, but the shade has kind of gone from a uh, must take. And then your opponent would curse you out for taking it to somebody who's kind of much more of a niche piece. Yeah, I think some people are not a fan also, even back in the day um, when he didn't have all these nerfs, uh, was not a fan of the bubble effect that forces your army to fight as a really solid individual piece. And so if you have an objective that spreads you out all over the place, you know, like recon or something, 
<clears throat> his effectiveness drops quite a bit. Um, I think as of now, even with all the nerfs and stuff, I don't think he's bad, most specifically because he can lead 12 still. But and he, and he does trigger the terror, uh, you know, aspect of Angmar's special rule. But um, I think, I think, yeah, like as Matt said, he's he's like, all right, if you're building a list, then this is just another way you can do it in Angmar. It's not a go-to piece as much. I mean, the, the nerf obviously didn't affect Angmar as much, but I think you saw the shade more often because people loved allying him out of Angmar. So now you just only will see him if you're playing Angmar, which. I think it's appropriate because I think honestly, he makes some disgusting combos. Otherwise, I mean, you you yeah. can still use him in a in a goblin allied list, um, if you know, as long as your goblins don't fight anywhere near him. I mean, I think yeah. one of the one of the things you could get if you if you ally, you got to ally in like somebody like Derbers or somebody like that to get a hero of valor, and then throw in some goblin mercenaries. And the Goblin Mercenaries give this list some mobility that it lacks and some ability to kind of pop up on odd places on the board that are going to be nowhere near. Uh, mercenaries, you're talking mm-hmm. about um, Goblin Town. Mercenaries are, are yeah, yeah, Mercenaries out of the Goblin Town list. Oh, wait, I thought we are they. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You're right. No, no, no. Never mind. Forget um, everything I just said. Well, I'll make a Tim different edit example. That out. Tim, edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a different example that, um, you know, I brought this list, and I think it still works, is uh, I brought two Gundabad Shamans, Witch King, and, and a Shade. And the idea behind the list was Witch King softens up enemy heroes, and then the Gundabad Shamans start shattering their weapons once they're pretty softened up. Uh, they get minus two to all of their dual rolls and then minus one to their wounds, so heroes become, like, nothing. I think a list like that... You know I, how competitive it is. I'd have to retest, but um, I think a list like that you could still make it work because you're now only bringing Moria for just like two heroes specifically, and the vast portion of your army is still Angmar. So I think maybe with those allied units, you bring in something more mobile, like Warg Marauders or something else. You know, Bat Swarms or whatnot. Maybe because Bat Swarms are not even their intent is not even to fight, right? Like they just fly in and that's all they do. They sit there. Um, so. As long as you're, you know, still a majority Angmar, I can still see uses for allying them. And if you go, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know what you would bring if you want to go like, uh, what's it called, the red allies. But I don't know if we can think of a reason to bring them out now. <laughs> but once again, I think if you just follow the same concept, if if a majority of your army is still Angmar, and then whatever you're bringing in is not a combat piece, it's meant for more of a utility, magic, or some kind of mobility role, then it can make sense. Then, yeah, to Matt's example, maybe it's worth bringing in mercenaries and allying in, and just make sure you... The only problem I have with the mercenaries idea is that if they die, you'll break. Um, so that's the only issue I have with them was the Goblin Shaman example I made, the Gundabad Shaman. They're in the back of your line, so they're pretty safe. But or you could bring a Shadow Lord or, some, or, or someone who just generally hates your, has your army. Yeah, exactly. So like allying in the Shadow Lord, you lose your army bonus, but then you're deciding, okay, is it worth it to be a bubble army that has like anti-shooting, anti-minus one? Because the Shadow Lord doesn't care. He's not going to fight anyone. So Shadow I think they're still... Care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so now we're going to move on to an incredibly popular model in this army list, which is the Barrow White. So I will move that over to Rain here. Okay. So I totally agree with what Tim said. It's 
very popular model, and here are the reasons why. So your Barrow White is 50 points, and for, for 50 points, you get a Hero Fortitude. That's a spirit. So right off the bat, going to the Agmar special rule, these bad boys can leave 12 orcs um, and make them terrifying basically which which is a scary scary notion um their fight three strength three defense seven one attack two wounds so the defense seven they're not going to die quite fast as compared to other small casters uh courage six zero might five will and zero fate so the zero fate doesn't scare me too much because of that defense seven they are and you're gonna have them at the back of your lines so they're not going to die that often um they have a heavy armor and sword Blades of the Dead and Terror. So, you know, Terror, Blades of the Dead, um, good rule. They strike based off of your courage instead of your defense, um, but you're not going to throw them into combat. But here's the kicker. 50 points, 5 will, Paralyze, casting on a 4 plus. <laughs> I mean, and one that, of the most powerful spells in the game. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's where you get it. Paralyze is arguably yeah. better or close to what um transfix used to be in the old edition it is disgusting um do you want to explain paralyze real quick devin oh um i mean i don't have the book but essentially a drop maybe forces you to lie prone and you auto lose all fights and in order to get the hero back up they roll us they have to roll a die plus any friendly model that's not engaged in combat that's you know in base contact with them all roll a dice at the end of the fight phase i think uh, in yeah. the end phase yeah and yeah then, so it's, it's a nasty six if one of them rolls a six, it gets back up. But that's that can be tricky to pull off depending on where you're paralyzed. Yeah, exactly. So. That's a tricky, tricky too. You could paralyze someone like Huron with one fate, or excuse me, one will, or even mega heroes, and then you just like have them gone for most of the game. But um, the big thing that I like about this model is his ability to complement basically everything we've talked about. He can complement the Tainted. He can complement the Dwemer Lake, the Witch King, even Golivar, or even Birder. You throw two or three, I think the scariest Agmar list I've seen is coming up against two or three of these guys. Yeah. And you just have 15, three times each turn, 15 will just cast at you in a four plus of Paralyze. And that is just sucks to be honest you can even combine it those bad boys with the shade and outside of shooting when combat hits i mean their range is six which isn't that much but but when combat hits or comes close to hitting none of your heroes will be able to do anything this this whole game i know you saw this a lot at nova last year and and other things where you you'd see people bring like the three mega heroes or boromir aragorn these sweet combos and then you just have these Barrow Whites. Oh, cool. You brought Boromir 200 points. I brought three Barrow Whites. 100, <laughs> 100, 150 points. I'll paralyze you with one. I'll use the other two to paralyze other stuff. Like it's... It's even I don't worse know. if you happen to have the Witch King too because the Witch King will soften people up. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So there it's... It's just disgusting. I mean, it's you, you come against disgusting shooting armies that have thrown weapons and like crossbows and stuff. This is the disgusting part of magic. Just the long, short, and close-range nastiness of, of what, what they can do. Yeah, I, I don't know. What you guys are going to add to it, I just think this model is disgusting. I mean, um, pretty good. Not overpowered, of course, because it has its weaknesses, but disgusting for its points. Definitely not overpowered. Very hard to get rid of, considering the Very point cost um, and where it'll be on the battlefield. But yeah, no, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to add. I mean, they're very cost-effective captains. I mean, 50 points for, you know, 
12 models that you're bringing in, which means that even if you go against a horde army that doesn't really care about all your paralyzes, you're still really bulking out of the numbers. And then with those numbers, you're bringing in heroes that can, you know, re-spread out the terror. So, and they're generally not going to be your only hero. Generally, you will have, like we mentioned earlier, the Witch King. I think these guys pair better with the Witch King than they do with, like, say, Gulivar. But that's still, even with Gulivar, they're paralyzing what would normally heroic strike. Yeah. yeah yeah so it's it's like they they're they're easily like one of the most solid hero choices in this faction so much so that i have often wondered why they're not brought into other factions <laughs> like yeah, they, well they i mean because it's hard one, yeah. the red alliances yeah it's yeah, the red yeah, alliances yeah. That, but you come up against an agmar yeah. list and they have one of these and you're like oh crap this sucks they have two or three it's just like all hopes failed like yeah. Yeah, you really have to, if you run into a list with three of these guys, you really have to prioritize killing them and killing them quickly. Yeah. And, you know, fortunately, the, the, the big weakness these guys have is their zero might. So if you drop, if, you, if somebody's got three of these, they've dropped 150 points on heroes that have gotten them zero might. Um, so you, you can start setting up ways to heroic combat into these guys. Uh, and that's what you have to start doing. You have to start yeah. doing quickly. Um, and yeah, because I mean they they do drop. I mean they've gone from one wound to two in this new edition, but they have no fate. So if you can get a decent hero into these guys, um, hopefully you can kill them off before they've expended all of that will on you. You also, yeah. I mean, if especially depending on what army you're playing, uh, like I remember I was playing the Return of the King Legion against I believe Alisher from uh, the Philly group, and mm -hmm. um, he brought Barrow Whites, and I'm like, well, Aragorn's screwed, so I just always kept him around friends to get the banner bonus. But I'm like, he's gonna be, <laughs> I'm just yeah, gonna let him yeah, keep yeah. paralyzing me. Yeah. I didn't even resist it. I'm like, all right, like <laughs> couldn't take it, just let him drop in the middle of my but people. Well, I mean, the, the, the big thing you want to use these guys on because the, the guy that they paralyze is not prone is it's a way to get the big ticket heroes off their horses or, yeah. like, you know, ring rates off of fell beasts and, and things like that. Um, but to a certain extent, once your hero is kind of off his horse already, and if he's not a hero, you know, if he's not like a, a killing hero, um, then the, the effect of the paralyze is really damped down because, you know, it, like in your situation with Aragorn, if you keep him behind the lines and you keep like three or four warriors just around dead him. kind of around him, yeah. it's like he gets paralyzed and then, you know, he gets a free might of turn. So he needs to roll a five or a six to get up. And by the way, as far when paralyze goes, so you paralyze him during the movement phase during that end phase, you can try and wake up again. So he could be out for less than a turn if you do it right. And, uh, um, you know, you can, if you have a couple guys around your heroes that can you know, kind of wake them, wake them up at the, uh, yeah. the end of the turn, you can really take the sting out of the spell. And that's really the big counterplay is, is if you see a lot of these things, I think having your heroes where you know your troops can always get them back up is um it allows you to be like you know what i'm okay with the spell going off because ultimately most of the time people are spending as rainier said two to three will per cast like they're not doing it like one dicing it an entire game generally um kind of depending on how many they have yeah. uh, so i mean you could even, even one it dice it because you, you got like you could one dice a 50 50 yeah. chance of hitting it on a one, on a one if you dice. have three of them you'll see more one dicing 
and yeah. depending on how many heroes you have, right? Like, so if you just have Dane and nothing else, then yeah, they're going to one dice you. But if you have, you know, the holy trifecta of Boromir, Huron, and, and <laughs> you know, whatever, that it, yeah. then don't start plowing through. And those the bear whites are like, oh, I got to shut these things down more quickly. So they'll spend more to try to guarantee the 50 50. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where you can start to burn them out. And as long as you do so in a way where you can always get them back up, you can almost be like, all right, I'm fine with that. And then you let it go through while you're in the beginning of the game, you have more troops, more things to mitigate the problem. Then later on when they're casting, when things have died, you've already saved your will. You can actually stop those spells at yeah. that point. Yeah. So if, I usually find that's the counterplay to them. But, so. There's actually a, okay. a, a, a one more other thing where uh, you, uh, you can just be casting Paralyze on normal troops. So if you're fighting against a shield wall of some sorts, when when your opponent is, is sitting there on defense seven and, and you only have your lowly orcs, well, then at least you pretty much uh, automatically win combats. Yeah. So, Although you do have to be careful when you cause paralyze on ordinary troops. I actually, <laughs> I actually did this to to a player once where he he paralyzed a guy in the middle of my shield wall. And then went to charge him with uh, Gulivar because he wanted, or, or yeah, I think it was Gulivar because he wanted to then heroic combat off of that guy. And I had to point out to him, you can't actually charge him now because the two guys zones. on either side of him have control zones and he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that was actually, yeah, I think that was Dave Nolan who did that. And boy, was he gnashing his teeth when he realized that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, make sure you. <laughs> That's actually a funny. I think Mick, when he was thinking of it, was thinking of like shield wall and shield wall yeah. as well. But once, but, yeah, once they've been charged. Uh, yeah, once they've been charged. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, you might get situations where, let's say, shield wall clashes shield wall, and then someone tells you, "Well, you can't charge this orc because, well, at this guy because the control zone of the spearman behind him covers." Two millimeters in front. Oh yeah, no, I don't think anyone can make those arguments. Yeah, that, yeah. That, the the internet's been so full of those arguments, and it's not going to go through well. Yeah. I think it's Hio. But, but certainly the guys on either side of him in the shield wall still. Yeah, yeah, that's a little bit more reasonable. <laughs> than yeah. The, yeah, I usually just think of a base as an inch. I know it's not, but it's yeah. an inch. So. Okay. Um. So very solid. Probably should have at least one, if not two or three, in your army at all times. It's very, very cost-effective, good model. Um, we're going to move over to the Ingmar Orc Captains, so I will bring that over to Mick. So the Barrow White basically is your captain, and you virtually never want Angmar or, or Captains <laughs> unless you necessarily must have some might. For March. You'll probably, probably take a Witch King or someone, or someone else. But here goes. Here's a standard Orc Captain for 40 points. Fight 4, Strength 4, Defense 5, 2 attacks, 2, will, uh, two, two wounds, Courage three, two might, one will, one fate. Gives you Kirk March. Can be mounted on the warg. Can have an orc bow hitting on five plus and a shield. Yeah, so it's just a standard captain. Uh, you would sometimes take them if you necessarily needed March or if you really, really needed those extra might points. But at 10 points more, you can have a bar wide. So Unless you absolutely must, you will probably never really want to take an Angmar or Captain. 
I yeah, disagree. I, 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 actually, I love them. I love them. I love them. I will disagree All of us Americans as well. are like, look at you, you Ukraine. Get out of here. <laughs> I, I, all right. So the, I guess the Americans are going to have to dogpile this Brit here. <laughs> yeah, okay. Who's going who's gonna to go first? Who's going to go first? It's just like when you said you don't like Galadriel. I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you don't like a sealed or what's wrong, Mick? Do you know what game you're playing? So I'm noticing a trend where Mick tends to go against literally everybody else. <laughs> we we have him on the podcast just so we can have someone we're right against. Um, <laughs> this really we pay him to say that, that actually. We pay him to <laughs> yeah. say that for discussion's sake. Like, hey, oh. Tell everyone Boromir sucks. <laughs> tell everyone Boromir sucks. All right, so who's making the case here for the uh, the Angmore? Well, Matt, Matt, you already you kind of yeah, you go for it. All right, so this is a list that needs March. Um, and the reason it needs March so is because said, you don't take him unless you want March. That's exactly yes, what but I you said. always <laughs> want March with this list because it moves six inches and it gets shot apart. Um, so I almost always take a Angmar or, or Captain on a work. Um, take one of them, and I take one of them in this list, and that's to get March to get you get you to close when you need to close or get the army assembled when it's been spread out by Maelstrom of Battle. Um, and it is, it is a way to get you know, two more points of might into this list. So I think, I think they're, you, uh, unless you're specifically building a list where you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in a mobile ball and I'm going to accept the tremendous amounts of shooting I'm going to receive uh for some reason um you want one i think you want one of these guys in most lists uh with angmar um in order to get the march and there's yeah, a person who disagrees oh sorry i'd say for the sake of balance you want them and I, I know i don't know i've debated between it because i've practiced with agmar and i'm like oh bring him bring him bring him but i see the um two barrel whites compared to one Barrow White and a, and a, and a captain. In, in close combat, I would actually prefer the Barrow White. So I, I, I agree with what Mick says to some points. Like, you, you bring the Barrow White, but I played against Matt, actually, with with this, and whenever I come up against other Agmar lists, it's actually the Orc Captain that catches my eye, and I'm like, okay, this changes the list completely. Because all of a sudden you don't have just this ball of magic death. Now you have this ball of magic death that goes three to five inches faster with more white might for heroic, heroic marches and heroic moves. So that's just my aspect on why I do think this is like one of the best models actually for a high point list in, in Agmar, as weird as that sounds, just because what he he balances the list. But that said, he's not, I mean, I'd agree with Mick. He's not nece- necessary. Um, depending. I don't know what you're going to say, Devin. No, just an interesting note. I looked up Kylie's list, the Articon winner for 2019, and she had, uh, she didn't actually have the Tainted, but her four heroes were, yeah, the Witch King, Barrow White, Angmar Captain, and Gulivar. So, on a warg, though. I guess she had it on a warg. Actually, you know what? Yeah, no, you put, a, you, put you, put put you put it on a warg with, with a pick. Yeah. A warg with a pick, probably. Would yeah, he, he's actually not a bad killer on a warg mm-hmm. with a pick. He can actually do some damage. Uh, especially if there's a shade around. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. No, one I, thing which which slightly annoys me about the Amor or Captain uh, in the description here it says where the captains of Mordor are more vicious and brutal, the captains of Amor are cunning, aiming to utilize the spirits and magics of the Felt Kingdom. 
bring fear to their enemies. No difference. That's just a, it's just a play style difference. Yeah. How do we reflect that in the profile? We Not don't. <laughs> we do you, you paint paint a ghost on its shield. Yeah, exactly. all of a sudden, whoa! Here we go. It, it, it's I, interesting, I, I, though. I agree, um, I agree. You take one. Well, <laughs> you take one. <laughs> here's an here's an interesting thing. So, if you keep him within three inches, I mean, he's an Angmar orc model. So, if you keep him within three inches of another spirit, he actually causes terror, which is you know a neat trick. Just like the ordinary orcs do. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, yeah, he's Angmar orc. Yep. yep. So cunning. Um. So, yeah, there you go. There's the cunning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause fear by being cunning. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely think with this list lacking in might in a lot of areas, he, he is very good to have. I don't think you take more than one, um, but definitely having one is 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 helpful. Um, so we'll move on to the next profile, which is the Angmar Orc Shaman, and I'll move that over to Devin. All right. So for fifty points, you get a minor hero, and uh, stats being that of an Orc Shaman is barely relevant. Uh, three, three, five, one two three so it's a kind of your standard orc shame if you guys understand it uh one might three will one fate uh has heavy armor a dagger and a spear so the spear is interesting and uh then heroic channeling can be mounted on a warg and then it has two spells and this is really the reason that you bring the orc shaman of course is wither uh cast on a 12 inch with a three up casting and uh instill fear which is uh three inch range it's kind of an area effect and five up casting so so as an initial quick thought you never see these guys and i don't think you ever will and i think it's really you know obviously the this army just has so many better hero options and uh you know the fact that you're limited to six is already just you know concerning i think the only reason you would ever bring these guys because your ring rays already covered the instilled fear but is the wither uh, magical power which unlike paralyze is permanent so if paralyze you know you can wake up from it this you are permanently reduced down one strength and even just getting one of these spells cast against you just one hurts really badly just going from strength four to strength three or even worse strength three to strength two you can completely neutralize a hero as long as they don't have plus one to wound so um obviously if you're dealing with strengths higher than that like gulivar reducing him from strength eight to seven is barely relevant an enemy gulivar of course um so you're, you're really targeting your strength four and strength three heroes here in order to just make it where they are just not nearly as effective. I think the ones where a better example than Gulivar would be like Azog and Bolg. Reducing them, you'd need a couple hits. Uh, regardless of all that, do you take them? Probably not. Um, you probably are going to be dealing with the Barrow Whites who can be heroes of fortitude. But if I'm going to try to just be devil's advocate with them, I would say you could bring one in combination, like let's say Kylie's list that I just mentioned, where she has the Witch King with a crown and all this will, 17 points of will, and then she has a Barrow White, a Captain and Orc, uh, Warg, and then a Gulivar. Arguably, the Barrow White isn't necessary in this list because she already has all these other warbands that can carry like all of the, the, the models that she's trying to bring. So you could argue that you could bring an Angmar Orc Shaman and on a three up, which is actually a pretty easy casting value, you could permanently reduce a few heroes rather than the barrel white where you have to kind of hurry up to get to them. So there's, you know, so there's some, some play there. Obviously, once again, if the hero has plus one wound or Andrill, it's not going to matter. What do you guys think about that? 
I yeah, I, I agree with you. Oh. <laughs> you said you, you disagree? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. You so, do? Just, all right. Yeah. All right. So, Nick, yeah, go ahead. Well, well, What's going on? <laughs> you just disagree just to disagree just be like you know what you sound wrong <laughs> so. um, he's like at the debate just in the corner wrong <laughs> <laughs> wrong I don't know I, I I seem to recall Mick you chose this as one of the least useful hero figures in the Middle Earth book am I right about that yeah he did actually yeah. Yeah. And, and i have to say i think you're absolutely you're absolutely right bring a bar away everyone else i just was making the argument by the way i'm not saying, <laughs> i'm just like devil's advocate here i mean yeah you, you you have you have you have put together a very well-constructed defense of an indefensible position <laughs> I mean, he has might. <laughs> so it's like, He's got a point of might, and you know, you could end up reducing his strength by one for the rest of the game, maybe, sort of. Yeah, I mean, you often <laughs> would have to soften him up with the Witch King, whereas the Barrel White can do the softening for you. Um, I guess you before you know because the, the Angmar shame and the problem is obviously you know another little aspect is he's kind of useless after he loses the three will, whereas yep. the Barrel White still remains somewhat efficient he's granting terror bubbles he in combat has blades of the dead uh so and also he's pretty hardy so you could throw him up against a hero that doesn't have plus one to wound and they're gonna be like oh now i can't hurt a combat or something like that whereas an orc shaman you know you can just walk through him so there's a lot of other practical applications of a bear wipe and the angmoric shaman can support with a spear uh, so <laughs> that's really all i've got Yay. left after I that think, i think it's the same sort of argument of like you're on a beach in the middle of the summer and you could just like take your t-shirt off and and and, and 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 like go for a swim but instead you decide to go in winter clothes for the same swim yeah <laughs> or stay inside and play chess yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's it's hard to defend him but you know that's that's my defense of him you got permanent stat reduction versus something that can be regenerated that's my that's my only defense so, and and the might to allow you to channel heroic channeling of a wither, which, by the way, is probably always a terrible idea because of the one third chance you can roll the exact same effect as if you didn't channel it. So I really wish they made it like D three plus one. But if you do channel it, then you kind of need to be casting it on two dice. Otherwise, it's just gonna be missed on a on a. On oh a, you, no! Uh, yeah, you basically <laughs> got a full commit. You just got to yeah. go for it at that point. Yeah. You might as well just do that on all three. <laughs> yep. All right, and now we're going to move into the Wild War Chieftain, where I will bring that over to Matt. All right, so the Wild War Chieftain is a 80-point hero of fortitude. He is a warg infantry hero. He moves 10, so he's quick. He's fight value 5, so he's, uh, got, he's a decent fighter. He is strength 6, can do some damage. He is defense 5, 3 attacks, 3 wounds, courage 4, 2 might, Two will, one fate. His word here is claws and teeth. His heroic actions are march and heroic strength. And he his special rule is terror. And then we get to the other special rule, which explains why you don't see him quite as much. Uh, Pack Lord. Only friendly warg models may benefit from the wild warg chieftain's stand fast and heroic actions. So 
the wild warg chieftain would be a great add to this list but for the pack lord rule i mean i understand why it's there he's you know a warg he can't actually speak um but uh what it means is his two might which ordinarily would be you know it'd be great to throw him in to be a heroic marching hero that also has uh five attacks uh i'm sorry fight five three attacks uh and a 10 inch move ordinarily he'd be a great add to this list but you got to spend 80 points to get two points of might to that you could only use if you're bringing a bunch of wild wargs to the fight, which you oftentimes are not doing in this list. He is a way to give you some ability if you just want to have the wild warg chieftain and a bunch of wild wargs in here. But he effectively becomes kind of yet another hero that really doesn't have might that can help the army. And there's a lot of other heroes in this list that you're probably going to spend your points on first um, to fill that slot of guy without might to help. I mean, with that said, he, he's a he's a really good hitter um, with five attack. Uh, I'm sorry, fight five and uh, three attacks with strength six, um, so he can do a tremendous amount of damage. It's just a question of how do you kind of fit him into the list. Bring yeah, ten in an yeah. eight hundred point list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he, I, I I like him. Like he's one of those things. Like Agmar just has so many random, not random, but so many models in different play styles. I played against him, and I'm like, okay, here's a war, and it's like, oh shoot, there he is in my back lines, terrorizing me. So <laughs> I, I like the ability that he gives this army movement and movement in heroes. I would also be where he looks menacing in the sense like he's going to knock down and kill stuff he is still an infantry model and he does not get the knockdown special yeah, rule he needs monster so, shards really badly yeah for all players I'd, I'd i'd be aware of that but i do i do like again i like him in the sense that uh oh there, there's just he's got terror of course but i like his heroic march um combined with he gives agmar a little bit of soft um, um flanking movements and stuff like that yeah he his Dice of three dice is actually kind of depressing in the sense that, like, you really are using him as an infantry killer. Like, that's really his role. He's not going against heroes and doing any damage there. Um, you know, otherwise, yeah, unfortunately, his heroic actions are pretty useless, except for heroic strength, possibly, um, which is crazy that I'm even saying that. Uh, but yeah, it's, I, I don't see you bringing him too often, unfortunately. Yeah, pack lord really hurts him. Where you may be bringing him with Barrowwise, just so uh, Barrowwise paralyzes, then this guy pounces and eats. That would be a roll, or for some dice. reason you decide to spam it on warg riders. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't oh, help. They don't have riders. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they, they have the war keyword. Yeah. So if you for some reason ally him into Moria and spam out warg marauders, I mean, if you've got a hundred, <laughs> if you've got hundred and twenty points, it's there is a use in this list for wild warg chieftain and five wild wargs that are just like your mobile guys. So, you know, if you're playing reconnoiter, these are the guys that make the bolt for the end of the board. Yeah. Um, and I mean, one thing he can do is, you know, latch on to like one, if you leave, if you happen to leave a guy out, within 10 inches of that warband, he and a couple wargs can latch onto one guy. He calls a heroic combat. You kill the one guy, and then they just use that extra 10 inches to kind of bolt to the edge of the board. Um, yeah. But it's kind of a niche use. 
Yeah, very, very, very basic. A um, couple hindrance, of course, Packlord hindrance, not being able to knock people down. That's a big hindrance as well. Um, we're going to move on to the last hero of today, which um, he's not in the book and he's not mentioned in the book, but he was added is uh, Goldfimble. So I will move that over to Devin. So the hero that brought Angmar back onto the map. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. no Goldfimble is an orc chieftain and he's found in the Skyrim, the Shire book. He's a 40 point hero of fortitude. And his stat line, uh, he's a six-inch moving work, three fight, uh, four strength. Uh, he's got five defense, two attacks, two wounds, four courage. And he's two might, two will, and zero fate. So a little bit interesting, I guess, for an orc. Um, sacrifice the fate for will. Uh, armor, and a two, hand and a half mace. Uh, thank God it's not two-handed. <laughs> and then heroic strike, heroic challenge. And then options for a warg at 10 points. And then he's got a special rule of impressive girth. And uh, essentially, whenever he suffers a wound or you roll a d6 on a five up, the wound is ignored exactly as if a point of fate has been spent. Uh, Golf and Ball cannot use this special rule against wounds caused by magical powers. So I actually like the addition of that last magical powers bit. That's something we actually haven't seen. And you can start to see they're thinking about that. Like, why is a black dart being, you know. Why are fat guys better at resisting <laughs> black darts? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this should not be. <laughs> <laughs> so um but yeah i mean on the surface level he is a very cheap yeah, i mean he's he's 40 points which comparatively to your regular captains it's like basically you're just sacrificing the march for a strike which is like you don't have many models in the army that can heroic strike obviously angmar's an army that uses magic in order to supplement the lack of heroic strike so it's arguable that you even need it, but that is effectively what you're trying to do. Uh, the impressive girth is not something you build your list around, but if you're going to get a captain, and for some reason you don't want the march, I think we all agree you do need the march, then I guess he's an option. So realistically, I think he's more of a thematic piece. Um, and I'm kind of forming this all up in my head because he's a profile I totally ignored. I had my love for hobbits. And if it wasn't a hobbit in the scouring the Shire book, I skipped him. So I'm like reading this guy for the first time, basically uh, never seen him in play. I probably never will unless someone's making that kind of list. What do you guys think? There you go. I've seen it. There he is. Sightings. <laughs> so maybe you'll see him on the table. Um, one, one thing that's obvious when you kind of look at this is this guy looks like he was a character from a Blood Bowl game that made a wrong turn and end up on Middle Earth. <laughs> <It does. laughs> I mean, he, he, does he really like does. Earth at all. <laughs> um, um, yeah, that, that's. I mean, that's pretty much it for Goldfimble. There's not a ton. Yeah, there's not really much to explain. Not much. Not much to explain. Um, for the warriors, um, we'll go over them in later episodes. They all have basic profiles that are in other armies, so we'll go over them. The only one I want to point out, which I believe this is different, is the Wild Warg is only seven points in Angmar. I believe he's eight in others. No, correct? no, they decreased him across the board. Oh, did they? Okay, yeah, so they, they, they actually got decreased everywhere. Okay, so then that's... Not... So we'll go on to the one uh, model that's specifically unique to Angmar, which is the Dead Marsh Spectre. So I'll move that over to Rainier. All right, so the Dead Marsh Spectre is 15 points. He's a spirit uh, infantry warrior. Um, he has fight two, strength three, defense five, one attack, one wound, and courage six. He's got heavy armor and a sword. His special rules are terror, which is pretty good, and for the, this army and blades of the dead, which we went across. Um, 
the one thing that you're going to bring a specter for is a fell light in them um, at any point during its move a specter can choose any enemy model within 12 inches of its line of sight and it can um, force them to pass a courage test if they fail it can move them up to full speed of their movement and on top of that you can even do this if they have already moved so that's that's a really big um big thing um i think i know we'll probably have something small to say about them but at 15 points i would say at any agmar list i would throw in two or three of these guys um you can come against heroes like mid-tier heroes that are actually evil evil list heroes that are courage four or three they'd go down to two or three with the harbinger special rule that you're going to have and you can dictate where they go you can even um fell light a cavalry model into charge range of golivar or somebody so you could charge into them um sooner you can negate good shooting in that that way and you can just cause a lot of shenanigans i mean when you have these guys coupled with one or two barrel whites coupled with a witch king coupled with these heavy hitting heroes like i don't know as an opponent there's just so much coming at you and 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 whatnot so yeah i really like these guys what do you guys think totally agree i bring two or three um even one if, if you at minimum one uh in every list i think for 15 points are very effective at what they do they actually took a small nerf for anyone who missed it uh, they now don't need to see their target before they could do it through walls so um so now for that reason alone because now they have to put themselves in danger um well not in danger but you know be seen uh they you know probably two and uh i mean one other utility of them is you have a lot of access to drain courage and drain courage is a spell that is one of those spells that most enemy heroes are like, screw it, I'm not going to resist it, at least on the first cast. And uh, that can be very devastating to do that, depending on the hero. Um, and I mean, obviously, if they're card seven, you got to do this quite a few times, but it, it allows you to take the specter and just run him everywhere. Assuming you have priority, you can just take that hero and just be like, all right, go off into the distance and run away. Uh, setting up for horror combats, I've done this a number of times. We take like Gulavar or someone else, you know, who doesn't want to use the will to compel. You, you make a move full speed and then set up a, heroic, a nice, decent heroic combat. Um, so that's a, a utility use of them. I mean, they're just great. They are phenomenal objective holders and making people move off of objectives as well. That is true. Yeah, that is also The courage six, so they're not really running anywhere. And then if, mm. you, if there's that one model who, you know, you can just get to at the end of the game and, you know, they, they have to take a current, you make them take a courage test, you get them off that objective, but you, you weren't in range. That 12 inches is huge to get them off the objectives. So they are fantastic for objective-based games as well. And remember, it is, a, it is a full move rather than a half move. So That's a huge... That's major. If you get this off against like a flying creature, you can move him 12 inches towards you. Yep. Yeah. Um, Set up some really nasty combos there. Yeah. Or horse model. That's usually what I'll do with it as like cavalry model. Or cavalry model. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the, the flying models can be even better because you can teleport them over their own lines and yeah, you know, toward you. Which is well, a common mistake made in season prize, where they will grab the prize, give it to their flyer, and you're like, yes, <laughs> take <it away>. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> Another yeah. thing that it's it's a really good point. Um, it is really good at annoying other people's shades if they take one because the shade yeah. is courage one if you can make it move six inches away then it's out of range and if they choose to 
use their will towards passing it to keep in range, well, then you're just wasting more turns that they'd have to use for they're going to block them in. Anyway, yeah. in yeah. You'll have to That's use like point. magic plus them yeah. to move things. Mm -hmm. move but, That's right. a good point. But that creates. You, you know, but, if you had three or four of them, you could move the orcs out of the way and then move him back. But to your yeah. point, um, Tim, you still touched on something that's very important, which is this is an extra compel. So, like, <laughs> in the sense that someone's like preventing Bormir from running outside the lines so they can be eaten by Gulivar. Well, you can use the specters to move those models out the way before you get to Boromir or something like that. So they still have an effective use in the, the application you're talking about. Um, yeah, I, I even like them. Like if you come up against a good shooting army, you, you fell light one of the good models into the line <laughs> of sight of the shooting line. And then there's, there's Dune here with his black root veil archers. And there's one of Dune heroes guys like, don't shoot, don't shoot. Like, it's, it's, it's a nice sight. If you're fighting an evil army, just put him yeah. a hero right in front. You well, keep yeah, them in the I back. Think, oh, I was just going to say, I think I've actually used that tactic against you, Ringier, that, that time that we played when I had Angmar against your Corsairs, where I had like, I had my, my um, uh, specters like constantly moving a crossbowman like in front of your captain with crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, and it made it made a big thing. I mean, even that same tournament, a uh, young duke did the same thing, and and he had like four or five of them. So you, I'd had like oh my beautiful crossbow line, and he just, <laughs> like two or three each turn would just like run, and it'd be like ah, it just turns a massive volley into just not much. Right. Another thing I just thought of as well is um, if you had enough of these as well, something like recon to make models not move off the table, that could be really huge. If like they're about to get two or three models off the table and you know, you're, you're, you get to move six, so you can be 18 inches away and is, you can really stop them from moving and denying them almost one or two turns of movement. I'm yeah, I agree. Range. I agree with you. It's that 12 inch range makes them all of a sudden like a caster, like not just like I mean the Barrowites have six six inches, but the 12 inch range of fell light like it, that's 18, like you said, 18 inches. You're controlling so much of the objective game. Uh, well, there is that. However, uh, once you've passed the courage test once, then you're gonna pass the courage test again for the same ability. So. That's if true. That's true. You sent your guys over and you wanted to stop some people walking off. As soon as they pass one of those uh, those tests, well, then that's they're fine. Unaffected for the rest of them. That's true. Well, I'm just but saying, I, I think, like, I think they, that's, they I think have that's like the... five going off. It's the actually table. what takes away taking an army of these guys because yeah. there used to be where you yeah. take a whole front line of specters. And I kind of still wonder if that's possible today. But I, I, I mean, I think it. it I think it is. I think. But the beauty of them is they're just fifteen points. So it's kind of like yeah. we we mentioned like last episode, a night of Minas Earth. Like worst comes to shove, you wasted forty points on a mounted model that can do significant damage against battle lines or objective game. Same same for this. Like worst comes to shove, you you waste fifteen points on a model that can potentially negate shelob from the game or can negate yeah. people from objectives or and it still does other things like even if it doesn't yeah. serve that purpose yeah keep in mind that this is a list that has a lot of really expensive heroes that you're probably going to want to take um yeah. and it is also a list that um you know it's it's warriors are not the toughest thing around mm -hmm. uh, and even these guys aren't the toughest thing around at, no. at defense five um so you you really have to be careful with Angmar in to keep your numbers up
because if you don't keep your numbers up, then the army ceases to function. Yeah, if you brought a bunch of these and you're really centering the list around them, you're, you're not bringing like a fully loaded Witch King. You're probably maybe bringing the Shade and then. Sure, not bringing Gulivar. Yeah, you're definitely not bringing Gulivar. <laughs> <laughs> that strategy's done. So yeah, I think that's I think that's it on the special mm -hmm. units of Angmar that you can't find anywhere else. So. Yeah. So that's our review of Angmar. Uh, let us know in the comments section if there's anything you'd like us to review in future episodes. And let us know of any lists that you'd like us to review as well. Uh, we hope everyone has a very happy Halloween. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Have a happy Angmar Halloween, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>